Buy more, save more with a patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Buy three windows, save $500. Buy six, save $1,000. Buy a dozen, save $2,000 by adding a patio door. But only through April 30th. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. We're 31. We're 31. If you're wondering, there is a, a new study out. And if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. I, I've got a link to this story. There's a there, there's a, a group. Um, it's called the Committee to Unleash Prospe- Prosperity, and they did an extensive study on how different states handled the COVID pandemic, and they looked at it from various various metrics. Um, the economy. You know, how did the economy do? Um, education, how did the sc- schools do? How did the kids do? Um, mortality from the virus, again, and, and they age-adjusted this, and they compared the different states and they compared the respective governments and how they handled the pandemic response. Now, whenever you see a study like this, you always have to kind of take it with a, a grain of salt. But one of the things that it, it found is a number of the states that did not go into the full lockdown mode they actually did better in these various metrics, education and age-adjusted mortality and economic impact. They actually did better than some of the states that went completely the opposite and went with the whole kind of shutdown thing. As far as how did we do in Wisconsin under Tony Evers, we're 31, we're 31, and you know higher in some categories and a little bit lower in, in others, but we're, we're not the worst and we're definitely not the best. We're we're 31 is kind of where it sets in. I suspect the way we handle COVID is going to turn out to be a um, an issue in the upcoming governor's race. And it is interesting how quickly we forget. You remember it was two years ago that Governor Tony Evers wanted to delay the spring elections, didn't want us to have spring elections, wanted to push those back a couple months. Now, the Supreme Court wouldn't let him do that. But I think there's going to be some interesting scrutiny given to the way the governor handled COVID in retrospect. But at least as far as this study goes, how does Wisconsin compare to the other states? We're 31. We're 31. Let us get started. Um, Because of my background as a former prosecutor, I talk a lot about, about crime issues. And part of it is my frustration with the increasing and spiraling crime that we see going on. Part of it is how that affects livability. And part of it is how that really involves people, I think, wanting to stick their heads in their sand and and, and just kind of pretend that there, there's not a problem or talk about problems without coming up with any sort of significant solutions. Now, we, we all know, for example, homicides absolutely out of control. Last year in the city of Milwaukee, alone, there were 193 homicides, 193. That, that is an unthinkable number, an all-time record. And this year, um, we, we have 55 homicides as of the weekend, and I don't know if it includes two or three murders that occurred over the weekend, but same time last year, there were 30. So in a year that we set a record for the number of homicides, we are already almost double the number of homicides same time last year. So I, I, it, 
I keep saying it can't keep up at this pace, but you know who who knows? We, you know we are on a pace for somewhere between 350 and 400 homicides in the city of Milwaukee. That is just a staggering number. Now it won't be that high. It it can't be that high. But the, the wave of violence has, has not stopped. And then there are other crimes, and the crimes that, that don't get attention. And we talk a lot about on this program about car thefts. Um, last year, what almost what over 10,000 cars that were stolen, almost at an average of 24, 25 cars a day. And those numbers have not slowed down. Now, I checked the numbers this morning, and for the first time in a long time, we this year, that would be 2022, are year to date finally not ahead of where we were last year. Um, currently, again, year to date, there's 2,308 cars that were stolen. So, you know, roughly 22, 23 cars a day. Last year, this time, there were 2,395. So we, we finally dropped below the all time record pace. But the in all practical for all practical purposes cars are being stolen right and left so what right now we're at 22 23 cars a day and you know it's going to get more likely the cars are stolen as the weather gets a little warmer but we talk about car theft in the abstract oh doesn't isn't that terrible and you know people are getting their cars stolen I have a story about something that happened to a friend of mine over the weekend. I will share it with you, and then we're going to have an honest conversation about what we need to do around here to make this problem get better. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. WTMJ and Jane Matinair are teaming up with the Brewers Community Foundation to collect pet supplies for the Wisconsin Humane Society. Join Jane on Wednesday, April 13th. That is two days from today. 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. is when the collection is going to be going on outside Halfair Field. That is, of course, the Little League field attached to American Family Field where the Brewers play. They'll be collecting dog toys, canned and dry food for cats and dogs, cat litter, training leashes, and doggy treats. For more information, go to WTMJ.com. WTMJ Care is sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. Okay, so the, the the raw number you hear this and you think, oh gosh, it, it's it's you know all it's what is the April tenth whatever, and there's twenty three hundred eight cars that are stolen in the streets of Milwaukee. Boy, that that sounds like a lot, but you know I don't know what what exactly does does that mean? And my car wasn't stolen, so okay. Well, let, let me give you some perspective on this, and this is what always hits home here. Behind every one of those numbers is a person. And the reality is that most cars that get stolen, that doesn't make the newspaper. It doesn't make the radio news. It doesn't make the TV news. Why? Because it's so common. You know, 22 cars stolen a day, 23 cars stolen a day. It it, it can't just be be covered. So you become one of these anonymous crime victims. And and unless your car is stolen and it's used in a high-speed chase and four people end up dead or something, it, it doesn't make the news. You are just a nameless, faceless victim. And yes, the raw number gets reported and maybe people tisk tisk that number, but still. So with, with that background, um, one of the, the wonderful things about finding my lovely wife, Fran, and, and, and getting married is the fact that she has this whole universe of, of family and friends who have embraced me. Um, we'll have been married five years come September. They've, they've embraced me, and it, it's really, in addition to my family and friends, it, it's really made my life a lot better 
richer and more fulfilling. So I've met a lot of her friends. And so we hear over the weekend from one of those friends who actually, you know, I was with in Florida not that that long ago. Delightful, delightful lady, um, still working um, in her 60s. I hope she doesn't mind me saying that. Still working, delightful lady, really, really enjoyable sort of person. Um, She... You know, helping, you know, helping her daughter, helping granddaughter, all all this. Just just a great, really nice lady. Um, I hear that on Friday she decides to go to a restaurant in Milwaukee on the east side off off of Farwell Avenue. Don't need to mention the restaurant. But she parks her car on the street. And this is this is this is not a lady of of means or anything like that. It's not like she's got four cars that are in the garage or things like that. So she goes in with some friends, has has dinner, comes out, car is stolen from the street, just, just gone, just gone. So you call the police. You've now got this this the, you're violated in the sense that your car has been stolen. Everything you left inside the car is stolen. It it it's gone. And the police say, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna take a report, etc. But now you're in this situation where you you are you are scrambling. It's like, okay, how am I going to get to? How am I going to get home? Well, friends will take you home. How am I going to get to work the, on on Monday morning? How am I going to? What, what what am I going to do? I've got to notify the insurance company. I've got to try to figure out is does my policy cover rental cars? You know what exactly am I going to do? I'm in limbo because I don't know what's going to happen with my car. The insurance company's not going to replace it right away. So now your life is turned upside down because some punks decided to steal your car while you were trying to patronize a restaurant on Farwell Avenue. Well, okay, so later on that evening or early Saturday morning, she gets a call from the police, and there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is that they have found her car. The bad news is her car is totaled because it was driven into it well it hit it was driven into multiple things and it ends up smashing into a fire hydrant it's like one of those things where there's apparently water going all over and stuff but so the, the people that took it just decided to go on again one of these sprees with the car banging into different things and so now they found it and it's essentially totaled and it was driven into a fire hydrant and the fire hydrant water you know, pouring all over, and the, the car is completely and totally ruined, and um, the, the fire hydrant's damaged. And, of course, they, they, they have no idea who stole it. My, obviously, this sounds to me like it's 13- and 14- and 15-year-old kids. It doesn't seem to me that it'd be something that grown-ups would be doing, but, I, I mean, I could be wrong. But we know about half to 60% of the cars that are stolen are stolen by people under the age of 16. But the bottom line is that this very dear, nice lady, you know, who, who didn't do, never done anything to anybody. You know, she's now in this situation where she is in full-on scramble mode because a couple of punks, and I'm assuming there were multiple, it could just be one, but a couple of punks decide to steal her car, take it on a joyride, smash into stuff, end up driving over a fire hydrant and, and destroying the car. So now she's in the scramble mode about how do you replace the car? And again, good luck trying to replace a car in today's day and age when you know, it's not like you can actually go out and buy a new car and find anything on the lot. And so, I mean, it's her life is turned upside down. Now, I, I understand 
in some respects, people just say, well, it's just a car. What's the what's the big deal? Well, okay, when you've got one car and it's your way of, of getting around and it's your way of getting to work and it's your way of getting to the grocery store and all of a sudden you have that taken away from you, not because of anything you did at all, simply because you parked it on the mean streets of Milwaukee. Well, it, it is it is aggravating. And I guess I, I, I don't know how my friend feels about this because I, I haven't talked to her directly. I've only heard about this through my wife. But I'm angry enough for, for the both of us. And this crap happens on a daily basis 22 or 23 times a day. And like I say, the number of cars that are stolen are stolen. There's so many that it can't make the news. This is just a routine. It's just a routine situation of somebody else who parked their car on the streets of Milwaukee, went in to have dinner and come out, and they have now been victimized. But this is happening dozens of times, literally, every day in the city of Milwaukee. Okay, our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I guess I, I keep saying that there's last straws, but, but maybe just for me this is the last straw. Because here is the bottom line. It is way past time for people to stop clutching their pearls and wondering about, oh, well, we don't want to come down too hard on the, the little darlings that are stealing people's cars. It is time for us to stop being a community of victims, and it is time for us to start getting the people who are doing this off the streets. Here's what needs to happen. First of all, I don't want to read these stories in the newspaper about well, Governor Evers and all these people are wringing their hands. We're sending too many people to Lincoln Hills. No, we're not sending enough people to these juvenile jails because the message is not getting through. Here's what we need to start doing right away. We need to start having a program where we say when people go out and steal cars, they are going to be held accountable. Now, maybe it's when the 15-year-old that does it, maybe the first time we, we send them to some sort of boot camp or something like that for, for a month. Get them out of whatever the home environment is, send them off to boot camp, make them get up early, try to teach them some sort of discipline. And if that doesn't work and they come out of that program and they start stealing more cars, well, fine, then you put them behind bars to try to protect decent people. That's number one. Number two, it is way past time to start holding parents accountable. All right? You have, and I was talking about this last week or two weeks ago. Look, I mean, here's the bottom line. Your dog... You let your pit bull go, run the neighborhood, the pit bull bites somebody, you are going to be sued, you are going to be held accountable. You let your 15-year-old no-good kid out on the streets, running wild, stealing people's cars, you should be held accountable. Maybe not criminally accountable, but you should be the one that's responsible for making the payment to the people who, if they're deductible on the car that your kid has stolen from somebody and then trashed, if the deductible is a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks or whatever it is, you should be the one that's on the hook. We've got to start holding the parents of these punk kids responsible, and we've got to start teaching consequences to these kids. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Kathy in, Wal- in Waukesha. Kathy, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kathy. This is such a common story, but I, I do have a little uh, a story about a stolen car. My niece had her car stolen from her home overnight, and her dad is a security guard. So the next day he's at work, Day he worked the day shift, and they were showing him film from overnight, traf- or, uh, parking lot film from overnight, where kids were stealing catalytic converters off mm-hmm. the cars, 
And he says, oh, that's my daughter's car they're using. (laughs) So they stole his daughter's car, and he's watching them steal catalytic converters using her car the next, well, overnight. And and there's no fear. So there, she never got the car back. No, of course not. Now, Kathy, thanks. And, of course, there's no fear of consequences because we don't have consequences. And there's very little fear of getting caught because the truth is right now we don't catch very many people. Well, all right. New mayor needs to make—I'm tired of the lip service—make this a priority. Create the car theft task force. Give them responsibilities. And then let's hold the people accountable for doing this. Catching the 14- or 15-year-old punk who steals the car, drives it in the fire hydrant, leaves it totaled, catching him and not doing anything to him— just all that does is embolden him to go out and do something again. Meanwhile, it is the honest, the decent people in this community who are the ones being victimized, and it raises the question of, look, who, who and, you know, we, they were alluding to this in the comments that the guy from the Business Journal was making during our 12 o'clock newscast. Who, who wants to go in Milwaukee? I mean, look, I understand you can be a crime victim anywhere. I, I get that. But the truth of the matter is, in most communities, you don't have 23 cars being stolen a day. In most communities, you can leave your car on the street and not worry that it's going to come out and be gone. Well, all right, at at some point in time, why would anybody leave a car on the streets of Milwaukee? If you live in the suburbs, you've got all sorts of great places you can go to eat. Why are you driving anywhere in the city of Milwaukee and leaving your car on the streets because you know it could very well be stolen? You've got to get a handle on this. 855-616-1620. We continue in a moment. Andrew in Waukesha. Andrew, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So there are two points that I want to make. First of all is I I have never been impressed with the, you know, get tough attitude when it comes to teenage crime. And and obviously we're talking about young adults here, too. Um, The idea that somehow these kids are doing it because they haven't been taught a lesson by their parents and then we're just going to punish the parents and the parents will turn around and then teach them the lesson they should have taught them otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. I have told every single statewide candidate running for Republican office, at least everyone that I've gotten their ear, and I told Bob Donovan, universal driver's education is an important program that has never been implemented in Milwaukee County, even though it's been talked about for decades. Why do we incentivize good behavior? Andrew, wait, universal driver education? Wait, let let me back up. My, My friend leaves her car on a street in uh, Farwell Avenue, and some punks steal it. What is universal driver's education going to have to do with stopping them from ripping off people's cars? Well, if you wouldn't have interrupted me, I would have explained. Well, I'm asking so you a teenagers question. teenagers grew up knew... Okay, well, I'm going to answer. If teenagers knew growing up that this was available to them and that it would be taken away from them, and the parents knew that this would be taken away from your kids if they are caught stealing or getting into any other kind of trouble, you incentivize... That what would be taken away from them? That what would be taken away from them? The ability to have a universal driver's education program. (laughs) MPS... Andrew, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's Monday. My head is getting ready to explode. You have 14, 15, 16-year-old career criminals. And the idea that, all right, if if we say you're not going to be able to take a universal driver's education class, that—so don't steal the cars— 
I'm I'm almost speechless that anybody would suggest that. These kids don't have licenses. They don't care about getting licenses. They don't care about anything. This idea that, oh, well, if they had universal driver's education, they're not going to steal cars. Or if we hold the parents accountable, there's going to be some problem. Sorry, pal, not, not with you on this. The problem is we haven't held people accountable. And as a result, you have children that are running the streets. So, yes, you punish them. You send them to boot camps. If that doesn't work, then you send them behind bars for a while. And yes, you allow the parents to be sued civilly um, because they are ultimately responsible for what their children do. And so maybe you provide an incentive. Universal driver's education. Give me strength. Here's a text. Jeff, my daughter's car was stolen by a juvenile from her driveway last summer. It was used in multiple crimes and then crashed and totaled. Yeah, that's the story. The local prosecutor chose to let the kid go because that's what happens with juveniles. Fast forward to this month. The juvenile was just killed in a gun deal gone sideways. He just turned 18. See, that's the other thing. We are not doing these precious darlings any help. We're not doing them any favors by not holding holding them accountable because you steal cars and then you know what's going to happen. That's one of the gateways. They start it gradually. They commit more and more crimes. So here's what happens if you take them off the streets. First of all, short term, short term, at least they're not on the streets to steal your car or my car if we decide we want to park it on Farwell Avenue to go have dinner. That's number one. And that's a good thing, getting the car thieves off the street. Number two, you send the message to their fellow progressively educated juveniles that if you get caught doing this, we're not just going to slap you on the wrist. We're not going to send you back to mom and dad who don't give a rat's rump about you anyways, and then have you out stealing cars again two or three days later. There's going to be at least some message that goes out that if you don't want to go to the boot camps or like I say if that doesn't work then if you don't want to sit behind bars and spend your junior year in high school if you were going to high school spend it in some sort of like lockdown reformatory situation then don't steal cars but the other message is if if you don't stop people from doing this this is precisely what happens they continue to commit crimes and they end up dead Or they end up finally doing something that is so severe that that they end up having to be warehoused. So my point is, why don't we try to hold them accountable early instead of doing this hand wringing over? Well, it's he's only 14 and I know he's stolen seven cars and totaled them. But we, we, you know, we he's just a 14 year old. We can't hold him accountable because that 14 year old is not holding. You're not holding accountable. He is going to if he continues on the path he's on. He's by the time he's 18 or 19 going to either be dead or he will have killed somebody or done something else that's so bad that he's in prison for the rest of his life. Why don't we try to shut that off beforehand? And in the meantime, why don't we worry about protecting the honest, decent people who, I don't know, want to drive their cars on the streets and want to park them and want to patronize restaurants without worry being worried that when they come out, their cars are going to be gone and they're going to get a car, call from the cops the next morning saying, well, good news is we found your car. Bad news, well, it was run into a fire hydrant and it hit all sorts of other things. It's damaged beyond repair and we have no idea who stole it. So frustrating. Opening day in Milwaukee is almost here and WTMJ is your flagship for Brewers baseball. 
Tune in all day Thursday as we broadcast live from American Family Field. Catch Steve Scafidi, yours truly, and Wisconsin's Afternoon News live from the ballpark, leading into Bob Euchre calling the Brewers and the Cardinals. It's opening day live, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited and Jockey. If you have never heard our opening day program, well, you're, you're missing something. Why not? You just move to Milwaukee for whatever. We, we, have, a, we have a great time. It's one of the days where we, we put aside the, the news talk events of, of the day and really concentrate on baseball. I, I love it. I'm going to have a full show from noon until 3. I, I know we're going to have uh, Bob Euchre and Mark Atanasio on. We're going to have a number of the players on and I love the opportunity to chat with them and and at least if, if you listen to our interviews I, I like to kind of go behind the scenes I, I'm not going to be the guy that asks well you know how where, where what where is the release point on your you know split fingered fastball I, I want to talk about what makes these players tick and how they love opening day and how they react and what it's like being in Milwaukee and all so I, I think this is always one of are extremely highly listened to programs, and it's always one that's a lot of fun. And like I say, we will be there all day on Thursday. Steve Scafidi, myself, and then um, an abbreviated version of Wisconsin's Afternoon News, both before and then later on, of course, all the coverage of the game. So if you're coming out to opening day, be, be sure to stop by and say hi. We'll be at our mobile broadcast facility, and if you can't, be sure to listen. Jeff. My girlfriend has a birthday this weekend, and I'd love to take her to dinner at one of the great downtown Milwaukee restaurants. But there's not a chance in you-know-where that I'm driving to Milwaukee to get my car stolen. Instead, we'll stay out here in Waukesha County and dine at a great restaurant out here. Now, that raises an interesting point because, on the one hand, you, you don't want to be paranoid and overreact to things. And that, that's true. On the other hand, numbers don't lie. And if you just look at the raw numbers, 22, 23, 24 cars stolen a day from various locations, and that's just the city of Milwaukee, it does kind of raise this question about whether or not if you have a choice until they get crime under control – you know, are are you just going to drive down there? I, I will tell you, again, I haven't talked to my friend who was a crime victim on Friday, but my guess is, and this is just my guess, is that it's going to be a cold day in you-know-where before she travels back to the city of Milwaukee and parks her car once she gets a new car, parks that car on, on the street, having been victimized in this fashion. And when you're looking at these numbers, because you, you have all sorts of different options. Nothing says, hey, I've got to drive to this place, love the restaurant, love to patronize it. But you know, nothing says you have to go there because there's all sorts of places you can go. You have all sorts of different places you can shop. We're talking about trying to I don't know, reimagine the city and, and re-energize it. But until you get a handle on crime, how can that possibly happen? So for those of you who have alternatives, our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This texter says, look, I've, I've got all sorts of choices, and I, I, would, love to, I would love to come down. I, I would love to park my car on the street and go to one of these restaurants. But you know what? I—, I I don't want to take the risk that I am going to be a crime victim. My guess is that that is an unspoken or maybe spoken attitude that a lot of people have. And I guess it's one of the reasons why I think the mayor needs to make crime, reckless driving, car theft, homicides, all those different things, needs to make it priority number one. Because I think there's a lot of people who have choices who are saying exactly what that texter said. 
you know, no, no thanks. 855-616-1620. All right. So is crime a concern? Is it is it a consideration for you when you're deciding where you're going to go to eat or where you're going to shop or, you know, what movie theater you're going to go to or whether you're going to go to a play or whatever? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. 855-616-1620. I have a text from one of our regular listeners who tends to be on the liberal side. It says, I deliver DoorDash full time. Crime, specifically car theft, is a deciding factor as to which orders I accept for delivery. I will never accept an order that has a pickup or delivery location in some portions of Milwaukee. There are other deciding factors, but that is a big one for me. Um, you know, no question about it. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Fran. Fran in Milwaukee. You're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi. Hi, Fran. Hi. Well, um, my husband and I live in Milwaukee, um, and um, we, you know, go into Milwaukee, uh, downtown, wherever, Third Ward, all over, um, and we do eat at uh, restaurants down there. But I was telling your screener that um, I drive a Hyundai, mm-hmm. so that's one of the more common ones stolen. And Hyundai's so and Kia's, kind right. of uh, correct, yes. And so we, um, when we're going down into Milwaukee and some you know areas down there, we take my husband's car because he has a company car that has the company logo all over it. And I guess we figure that that one has a less chance of being stolen because it's got this logo all over it, so it's like a marked car um, than uh, my Hyundai would. And so I was saying, you know, it's it's ridiculous that we have to think of those things and think, oh, okay, yeah, we want to go here, but oh, better not, you know, take my car. We'll take yours because less chance of being stolen. You know, and um, and also um, last summer. Our son's car was stolen uh, right in front of our house, broad daylight, uh, about 5 o'clock in the evening. Uh, he was over, and all of a sudden, our dog barking, and, um, you know, we were like, what's the commotion? And uh, somebody must have seen something and called the police because there was a couple officers there. And my son said, oh, they're, they're surrounding my car. And also my son goes, no, wait, my car's not there. Oh, sure enough, they right in front of our house on, you know, right in the broad and, daylight. So. And my guess is, Fran, and it was, you know, and it's, you know, you, I mean, you, you tell the story on the radio, but my guess is it was a huge hassle. Your, your son, I mean, I assume, did he get it back? Did they find it at some point in time? They found it a couple of days later and, you know, of course, totaled. Yep. And, you know, and he only had it a month. It was a Kia, you know. And, uh, again, what was interesting is when my son went out to talk to the officers, they're, you know, they didn't even say, you know, oh, what was the model? This is what they said. They said, okay, uh, Hyundai or Kia. And my son's like, Kia. And they're like, uh, blue or black. And my son says, black. <laughs> you know, it was just like certain, you know, and, uh, you know, what year, was it this certain year? Yes, it was, you know, and yeah. um, I mean, they're not even shocked by it, um, which is, you know. Yeah. No, no, thanks um, for calling. No, absolutely. No, it, it is. You know? and, and, and you're you're right. Now, some people are saying, I've got a couple texts saying, okay, well, it shouldn't be bad if you don't drive a Hyundai or a Kia. Oh, okay, I guess 
Yes, yes, those are the more commonly cars that are cars that are stolen. But when when you have people that they're out there stealing cars, sooner or later they're going to run out of Hyundai's and Kias to steal, and they're going to start stealing the the Fords and the Chevys and the things like that. I mean, this you know this is it. And and I, one of our previous during the break, one of my colleagues came in and said, I heard that caller that said he thinks the answer is universal driver's education. So so when they when they steal your car, that they know to put their hands at, at ten and two as they're driving away. I mean, look, look here's the bottom line: this is out of control. And there's no consequences to it. And, and this is, I understand this is an uncomfortable conversation to have. And some people are saying, well, Jeff, don't you believe in supporting local businesses? I do. I, I do. Which is why those businesses should be absolutely outraged that, you know, you can't go patronize their restaurant or, or go into their store and not come out 15 minutes later and, and find your car gone. That, that, if that, that's where the, this objections has to come from. It's not just from the victims, but it's from all the, the businesses and stuff that are having people just simply decide, we, we don't want to take this chance. And if you don't think it's happening, you need to wake the heck up because it is. Um, let's talk to, um, is it Lazarus in Milwaukee? Yes. Hi, Jeff. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hi. Uh, yes, I unfortunately, I live in Milwaukee. I see this every day, Jeff, every single day. It's like going to sleep and you're fine and you wake up and you're in a nightmare. You know, I, I have a young daughter. Uh, I take her to school every morning. I see the young people with the reckless driving. I see the car crashes. I see the people with the stolen cars. Believe it or not, I have a stolen car on my block that has sat there for three weeks, you see, and it's, it's a shame. I sympathize with these restaurant folks. I sympathize with the people that's from places like Waukesha and things like that. And it's a shame that the restaurants and the businesses, you can't patronize them because not only do they steal your car, but they will carjack you yep. in the city of Milwaukee. You know, the woman who had the uh, SUV stolen, she was an Uber driver, I believe, and, yeah. and the passenger was a young guy and pulled a gun on her. It is outrageous here. I mean, I, I have people from out of town. I recently had a funeral. My uncle died, and I was telling my family to just don't drive. Just catch the plane and come here, and, you know, we'll find you guys ways to the funeral because it's it's is horrible. It, it, it is. You know, th- th- thanks for calling. And, and that's right. See, and, and see, th- these are the two perspectives on it. First of all, it, it's how does it affect people who who live outside the immediate area? Well, okay, you you, you get to vote with your pocketbook and your cars. You get to say, well, you know, I'm I'm this I'm not going to that restaurant. There's all sorts of great restaurants here in in Racine County that I can end up going to or whatever. Or yeah, I, I'd I'd like to go and walk around these different shops because I think they sound interesting. But I don't want to park my car in that area. And then worry about is it going to be there or like Lazarus point or is there going to be somebody who I, I don't know decides that they're going to wait till I try to get in the car because maybe um, they, they want my purse or they want my wallet or whatever it, it is it is a factor and this comes look I grew up around here I, I've lived here since I was like nine years old I mean and I I can I can remember you know, routes that you used to drive and, and places that you used to go. And I, I would I would never think twice about, I don't know, there, there's a real interesting bar that, that's in this particular area or something, and here we're going to stop and we're going to pull up on the sidewalk, we're going to pull up and we'll, we'll go in, we'll go to the bar or things like that, or this is an interesting restaurant, or I, I've heard about this shop. I, I ne- 
for years and years and years and years and years, I never thought twice ab- about like stopping and doing that. Maybe there were always a couple, you know, high crime neighborhoods, but that wasn't the whole city. Now I don't know where you park your car and assume that it's going to be there when you come back. And if you drive a here, a, a, a Kia or a Hyundai, well, just just forget it. Here's a text, Jeff. I recently stopped driving for Uber as a second job because I am worried about getting carjacked. That's Jennifer from East Troy. Yeah. And, and of course, I, I know in Melissa's upcoming newscast, I, my guess is today's the day that th- those two sisters who who pistol whipped and, and shot the George Webb employee in the face, um, they're, you know, they're they're in court uh, again. I mean, it's just I mean, it's, it's not just Uber drivers. It's not just people who just go downtown to eat that to become victims. It's folks that are trying to make a living by working. Again, you're a waiter at George Webb's or you're the Uber driver or whatever. We got to get control of this. It's out of control. When is enough going to be enough? Back with more in just a couple minutes. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Melissa Barkley, follow me down the dark side. <laughs> Gladly. Fa- fa- oh, okay. Fa- all right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, I was listening, as I always do, I was listening to your newscast, mm-hmm. and you, you were talking about, you know, of course, this is the home opener is on Thursday, and there's always, it's always fun to go, and there's new amenities and stuff. And you were talking about the, the new bar that they're going to have at yes. American Family Field. So, it intrigued me. So, I, I have, I've, I've looked this up here. Okay. So, they call it Cream City Cocktail Bar. And it's going to be down the right field line. And actually, the the picture of it looks really cool. It's got like Cream City brick. It's mm-hmm, like sixty five mm-hmm. feet long. It looks it it looks it looks very very cool. And I've got the menu here too. I mean, there this this is now it's it's subject to change, but but this is at least according to the website. This is they've mm-hmm. got a Wisconsin brandy old fashioned. I like old fashions. Now I'm not a brandy guy, but old fashioned a mai tai. A Paloma, which is tequila, orange liqueur, grapefruit, and agave nectar. A pineapple margarita, Long Island iced tea. Rosé sangria. Dark and stormy, which is dark rum, light rum. A brown derby, which is Jim Beam bourbon. Honey simple syrup, grapefruit juice. I'm a bourbon drinker, but mm-hmm. I just drink with bourbon. Penicillin, which is scotch and lemon juice and honey. Um, <laughs> a sidecar. Brandy, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. Southside cocktail, gin, mint leaves, a that blood all orange. Delicious. It all sounds. Yeah, it it all great. sounds great. Okay. So here is here is my question. Like yeah. they've got the menu up there. They don't say what the costs. Are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They don't tell you what it's going to cost. So here is my question to you. These all sound like wonderful drinks and stuff. And, and I, I understand that you pay more when you we go to the ballpark for this. What what's the most if 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 you were paying if it wasn't oh. Jeff saying Melissa I want to buy you a drink and so it's on my tab but if it was like you reaching into your own pocket and having to to pay for a cocktail how mu- how much would you spend oh well I know how much these probably are what I would like to spend what I would spend um I would say between 10 and 14 dollars between 10 and 14 I think I would anything over that it would be a one and done for me <laughs> if it yeah, was like a 20 dollar I'd be like ooh, that's <laughs> I'll do one but that's it right right yeah yeah it's just I that's the you know that's the the thing and, and it it's the battle that all all sports properties have and the 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 amenities for example at Fiserv are are very very nice 
the 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 costs. I mean, I was talking to somebody who was a Bucks game the other night and was stunned. The the beers were like twenty bucks. Yeah, no, that that I mean, really is. You do get sticker shock when you go to the bar and you're like, I'll take a drink. You're thinking maybe ten dollars, but it's a, it's a lot more than that, and it kind of puts a damper on your experience almost. Well, well, it I mean, it, it and it's a it's a it is a challenge, mm-hmm. and that's just the real that's the reality that, that's out there. And I understand that you know costs are going up, but even. I, I, I'm less price conscious maybe than, than some people are, but I have to admit, I mean, we used to make a, a regular point of going up to that Wisconsin Craft Brewery bar that they, they have on the second level. Yes. My buddy and I would get there and, you know, we, we'd go up there for beer. And, and these, these beers were like 14 bucks. And that and it's kind of like, huh, Ugh. that's, and I don't mean to be cheap about it, but that's, that's a lot of money. Well, I think it's when we're used to going to a normal Wisconsin bar and you may buy a beer for $4 or $5 and then you go there and they're you know, three times as much. That's kind of like, whoa, you, you maybe expect to spend a little bit more, but not that much more. Okay, so here, here's the deal. If we're at a ball game together this, this summer and I offer to buy you a drink, mm-hmm. the, the asterisk is we're going to probably like, like go up to one of – I'm talking about getting you a Miller Lite or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. It's, no, I mean, it, it does look... I'm going to get like a Paloma or something like that. I'm going to... And make it a double. If, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeff, you're, 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 if you're, you're paying... You're paying I mean, for it. I want a Paloma and, and keep pouring those things. Let's, let's you know, make it a triple and stuff. It's funny you mentioned that. I uh, offered to get my girlfriend a drink the other day, and this was probably like a year ago, and she got the most expensive beer on the menu. I was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, really? we're at like a craft beer place, and I'm thinking, oh, she'll get the $8. What, she got like the tw- $14 one. I'm like, that's, what? That's right. And keep them coming here. I'm like, no, right. you're getting one. <laughs> well, again, it's and I, I know there's some people that probably like listen to this and kind of cringe. But it, look, this is the reality. This is what people yeah. are thinking about because it, and it, it is a balancing act. You've got to keep the stuff affordable for people to to come back. And I mean, I, I I never tell people how to spend money. And if you want to drop eighteen or twenty dollars buying a drink somewhere, you know, go with God. But. You know, well, it's interesting because we all know that inflation is across the board. So I think everyone's being a little bit careful on, I know at the grocery store, we're all getting hit. We can't help that. You need food. Um, But, you know, places like this, maybe you you can kind of pull back a little bit, say maybe one or or whatever, but not multiple. Like normally you would drink several beers at the ballpark, but maybe with inflation, you're only drinking like one, (laughs) Well, (laughs) one beer. Well, yeah, or I think it's inspiring more people. What we typically do, uh, my, my buddy and I, we share season tickets and by uh-huh. sure I mean by sure I mean we go together to most of the games um and and what we'll do is we'll bring a couple beers mm-hmm. and we'll get to the game and we'll sit in the parking lot and have a beer and that's not to say that we don't buy something there but it's if before we would have like three beers now we have a beer well or yeah or people like are that. tailgating a little bit longer before they go in so they don't have to right. buy the beer as much but Lo- love the amenities but just know okay so now now I'm curious that that is going to be our mission on opening day when we get inside <laughs> We're going to find out how much the how much the double old fashioned costs. Well, I let mean, me time. Let me know what time you're going in because I'll go with you, Jeff. <laughs> especially if you have your uh, your credit card open. Well, or, or something <laughs> like that. Now, see, I think that's also something we should be able to expense back. See, oh, I good think idea. that's a, I think that's a news thing because I, I think that that you we you should be able to do I a report agree. how much how much does this drink cost, single and double, and then kind of give a review for it, and then of course inform the the public as to how much these cost. I I. 
I, I'd sign the voucher for it, you know. Yeah, well, but as a fellow Wisconsinite, I think people do want to know. They do want to know how much it's going to be for a single or a double when they go in. Lots of people are speculating on this here. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. We Just keep it tuned. It's another reason to listen to our opening day coverage on Thursday. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. You know, we were talking about increased prices, and I, I want to... Every once in a while, we do inflation checks. I wanted to do that today because um, uh, I think a lot of people are still going through sticker shock. But again, we've got Brewers baseball coming up um, in about 15 minutes or so. So I think I'm going to save that for tomorrow. Opening day in Milwaukee is almost here, and WTMJ is your flagship for Brewers baseball. Tune in all day Thursday as we broadcast live from American Family Field. Catch Steve Scafidi, yours truly, Jeff Wagner, and Wisconsin's Afternoon News live from the ballpark, leading into Bob Euchre calling the Brewers and Cardinals. It's opening day live, sponsored by Out. Outdoor Living Unlimited and Jockey, and we'll be able to answer that burning question about how much does a double brandy old-fashioned cost at the Cream City Bar. Um, everything is costing more. The, the f- and then there were three. I, I guess I, I know I have talked about this in various forms before, but I find this to be such an amazing story because if you are of a certain age and you grew up, Everybody, for example, Sears stores, there was a Sears store in every community. It was the place that people went to shop. And then there were Kmarts. Now, you know, back in the day, you had Walmarts, you had Targets, and you had Kmarts. And they they were just, they were ubiquitous. They were all over over the country. And they, they had their own different sort of, of appeal to different sort of shoppers. Uh, Walmart was viewed as the real low price thing, and Target was viewed as kind of low price, but maybe slightly more expensive, but slightly higher quality to Walmart. And then Kmart, well, Kmart was kind of struggling with brand identity. I, I bring this up because story in the New York Post today, and then there were three. At one point in time, there were over 2,000 Kmarts all across the United States. And, and there were, were several in the Milwaukee area. I, I've told this story before, but back when I was in law school and had, like, no money, there was – this is kind of a pathetic thing, but it's true. I, I lived um, I, I lived in a – I had an apartment off of 60th and Good Hope. I went to Marquette Law School. And on 76th and Good Hope, right before that – right before 76th and Good Hope, there was a Kmart store. And I used to go over to the Kmart – at Kmart would close at, at nine o'clock, as I recall back then, and around eight thirty. Kmart always used to have these blue light specials, you know, where they'd announce there's a blue light special, and people would run to the men's department or whatever. Well, what Kmart would do is about fifteen minutes to a half hour before the store was closing, all the stuff that they had made in their little like foods place. You know, they'd have, they'd, they'd have those hot dogs that were like on the wheels and things like that, you know, depending on how brave you were. But all the stuff that they had that they hadn't sold during the day, they would put on a blue light special. So you could go and you could get these hot dogs that they would charge a buck fifty for. They, they'd, give them, they'd sell them for a quarter and stuff. So, okay, this is, you know, the, I, we, I would go over there and I understand and I can tell the story now because my mom passed away about 12 years ago because she'd be appalled if I heard the, if she heard the story. But you'd go over to Kmart and they'd have the blue light specials and like at 845, you, you could go and you could buy like four hot dogs for a buck or something like that. And 
Uh, oh, okay. I mean, it's not the best eating, but I, I survived. So, I mean, I've always had this fondness for Kmart because I, I kind of ate my way through law school by, again, going and hitting the blue light specials. If you if you don't mind you know, eating, you get four hot dogs, you go home, you have a couple beers, you're, you're all set. Well, okay, that, that Kmart store is long gone. And, and all Kmart stores are. There are now, there are three. Um, one of the oldest stores was in New Jersey. That store has now closed. So there's three stores left all across the country. One in Westwood, New Jersey, one in Bridgehampton, which is on New York's Long Island, and one is in Miami. So if you're one of those Kmart shoppers who misses the day of blue light specials and stuff, well, one in New Jersey, one on Long Island, one in Miami, otherwise it's it. And I, I bring this up only because that was such a part and parcel of so many of our lives. And it was just, again, you know, you, you, you go to Kmart, you're ready to shop. Kmart completely gone. Sears pretty much all gone. You just wonder, you know, how fragile some of these department stores are. Boston store, which was just an institution around here, you know, that's that's gone as well. But if you, like me, were one of those Kmart shoppers back in the day, well, you want to visit one, to see what they used to be like, it's Long Island, it's one in New Jersey, and it's one in Miami. Otherwise, you are out of luck. Jeff, I shopped at that Kmart you're talking about. It was right next to the Melody Top Summer Outdoor Musical Theater. Yeah, it was. That Melody Top, if you grew up around here, it was an outdoor theater. It was a big tent. And they'd, they'd bring in, you know, performers, Broadway shows and things like that. It was really big in the summer. Now Melody Top is, uh, there, there's a soccer field. I think it's Eline Soccer Field is where it is. But, yep, that's where the, the Kmart was. All right, th- this is, I, we, we've got Brewers Baseball coming up in a couple, a couple minutes. But th- this is a story that, to me, it's a very sad story. But it indicates, again, how, how short life is. And also how just sometimes inexplicable decisions can have bad consequences. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but Dwayne Haskins, 24 years old, he was the number 15 pick in the first round of the NFL draft in 2019. 24 years old, first round pick for the Washington football team. He he came out of Ohio State. Um, He finished third in Heisman Trophy voting. This guy, it it was a a young man who had the world by the, the tail. And he, he, he had a rough introduction, didn't do very well in, in Washington, but still, 24 years old, bright future. He had signed as a backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're, we're talking about him because he, he, he died. Um, apparently, what happened is, you know, on Saturday, 6.30 in the morning, inexplicably, he's attempting, he's attempting to cross the freeway, I-590, Interstate 595 in Fort Lauderdale, which it's a freeway. I mean, uh, imagine, you know, walking across, you know, I-94 or I-43. So for reasons that are still, I think, unclear, he decides at 6.30 in the morning, and I believe it's probably still dark then. If it's not dark, it's probably just getting light down there. For whatever reasons, he decides he's going to walk across multiple lanes of the freeway, and he, he's struck by a, a dump truck, and he's, he's pronounced dead on the scene. It's this this just absolutely horrible sort of situation. You know, a, a young man with a tremendous amount of, of potential. You know, all the coaches and stuff talk about, you know, what a good 
guy he was and what a positive influence he was in the locker room. And, you know, his professional career hadn't quite at this point in time worked out maybe like a lot of people had hoped it would, but he, he had a long career in front of him. He was still, he was in the NFL, probably had a whole bundle of money, all those sorts of things. But, you know, he, he's dead because for whatever reason he decides he's going to walk across a, a busy freeway at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, it, it just underscores life is short, and maybe it's a teachable moment for kids where you say, look, th- this is why you got to rethink some of your choices, and walking across a freeway is, is not a good one. I am out of time. Brewers are in Baltimore today. I am back 12 noon tomorrow, and we do this all again. Have a great Monday. Go Brewers. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. WTMJ.